namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa my dharma friends today i'm going to talk about how to work with difficult emotions and thoughts. Thoughts in the Pali language we call them Sankapa. Emotions in Pali language we may call them Chitta Virga, literally words mean the speed of the mind, but I like to bring the meaning from French language which talks about emotions as emouval. Emouval means to agitate and from our experience we can see the mind agitated and these agitations are very common whenever we get difficult situation when we are under stress the man get agitated and in this current world at the moment there are so many things to agitate the mind there are so many things to think about in my country Uganda we had and we still have three problems one is COVID-19 another one is the over flooding of Lake Victoria Another one is locusts. Uh, they, they attacked eastern Uganda, really destroying all food crops. Three problems right there. So Ugandans have a lot of problems and still is having a lot of problems. Domestic violence as a result of this pandemic and lockdown and uh, curfews. So, there's a lot of problem around the world. In the United States, in the UK, everywhere, every corner of the world, there's a lot of problem and then our mind is most likely to be agitated because of these problems. Such agitations are coming to us as minor irritations, as emotions such as fear and worry, what will happen tomorrow? Is the world going to continue like this forever? How many people are going to stay and how many are going to die? Where is my family? And for us, as teachers teaching online, because we are so much used to teach on campus and uh, on-site campus uh, retreats, when we come to online teaching, we have what we call IT problem whereby you want to upload the talk and spending seven hours and that can force us to work so hard to make it happen but it comes along with the price a lot of emotional rising a lot of fear will the talk be uploaded in the next two hours so that it's available for the meditators 
thoughts also can arise at the same time. Those thoughts that arises, of course, may be connected to aversion, ignorance, fear, attachment, greed, desire. So from the Buddhist point of view, we have what call unwholesome thoughts. Those are the thoughts connected to desire, anger, or aversion, ignorance, or delusion, fear, and so on. Basically different mental defilements. We have also thoughts which are wholesome, which are connected to wholesome states of mind. Letting go, thoughts of generosity, thoughts of loving kindness, thoughts of compassion, thoughts of wisdom, thoughts of courage. So we need to work with these thoughts so that we can cultivate wholesome, wholesome thoughts or skillful thoughts, what we call kusala in Pagan language, and abandon unwholesome states of mind, kusala. This is very, very important for our practice of meditation. Really, the practice of meditation really is around how can we cultivate wholesome states of mind and how can we abandon unwholesome states of mind. How can we maintain, how can we, how can we develop wholesome states of mind? This the practice. I'm going to take you through some few ways on how to deal with difficult emotions or obsessive thoughts because always there is an interplay of thoughts and emotions. Sometimes emotions trigger thoughts and wholesome thoughts. Sometimes uh, the, the thoughts themselves can trigger and what you call difficult emotions. But it's very, very important to know that there are some emotions that can be developed, such as loving kindness, happiness, joy, that we should continue to cultivate. But it's about the difficult emotions, unwholesome emotions, that we, we should try to overcome. Of course, it's not easy, but it's doable. What makes it difficult for working with difficult emotions is because they cover a big chunk of our life. From the time we wake up till the time we sleep, we go through so many emotions, so many emotions. You wake up with joy, and in the next moment, you feel sad. You wake up with sadness, and next moment you feel with you are filled with a lot of happiness, and then it keeps on changing throughout the day. So what makes it hard is also that we identify ourselves with emotions more than anything else, more than even feelings, more than even our thoughts. But of course, also we have a strong tendency to identify ourselves with our thoughts. We take them for real. It's just a thought, but we take it for the real, for reality. 
And human beings really want to think everything under the sun. It seems that we are so much conditioned to thinking into our thoughts and we don't want to let it go with the thoughts. Sometimes I use useful thoughts, sometimes is not useful. Sometimes these are useless thoughts running in our head again and again, planning, remembering. They took a big, they take a big chunk of our memory actually. Worrying, sometimes we worry so many things like hundred percent we worry but only five percent happens. So where is the 95%? It's just wasting our energy. So it's very, very important to proceed uh, with mindfulness uh, in order to deal and work with difficult emotions and thoughts. The bad news is that the emotions is that they come uninvited. Anytime they come without invitations. It's just like in Africa here, you get so many visitors, they don't ring, they just show up. So the same thing with emotion, they just show up. They just show up all the time. You know? They don't call. They don't find it prepared. But the good news is the Buddha taught in many discourses on how to deal with these uninvited guests, the emotions, difficult thoughts. One of the discourses that is very, very interesting uh, in addressing emotions is called the Foundation of Mindfulness. In this discourse, the Buddha gave many ways on how to deal with difficult emotions. Starting with what we call mindfulness of six senses. Human beings have six senses. We have eyes, we have the nose, we have mouth, the sense organs, we have the skin, the touching sensations, then we have thoughts and the mind. So practicing mindfulness of six senses means we become mindful at the moment of the Six, six sense door. They say at the moment of hearing, when the sound arises, we become our hearing. That's the practice of mindfulness of six senses. When we see a visible object, we become our seeing. Seeing. Not seeing, I don't like it. Seeing, I like it. Seeing, I don't know. No, no, no. It's just seeing. Just stop at seeing. When we do that, the emotions they may not arise in the first place because you are with just bare seeing. This is the instruction the Buddha gave to Bahia. He said, In the seeing, there's only the seeing, in the hearing, there's also only the heart. And so on. The instruction goes on. So, if you can be aware of the sound and just stop at hearing, then there's no problem. For me, I've been practicing 
uh, mindfulness of successes in Uganda since I returned to Uganda as a monk. Many people thought that I, I'm, a, I'm a Kung Fu master, Shaolin master. Then they would talk, oh, he's going to kick you. Oh, he's quiet. He is going to mental hospital. He's coming from a mental hospital. That, those are the comments I, I used to go and get back then. I've just become all your hearing, hearing, hearing. Then there was no problem. I was another was not reacting. And aversion and anger never arose in my experience when I practice that way. When people say something, I just become all your hearing. But sometimes if I'm not aware and become unmindful and somebody said something and I'm not mindful, it's amazing how anger sneaks in and I get caught up and I forget all oh, I forgot to be mindfulness to be mindful of hearing so I've really worked with it it's amazing how you really uh, can be on top of things as you hear something, as you see something as you taste something as you smell something I remember when I was traveling with a friend in Brazil and we used to pass in Rio de Janeiro uh, a dumpster uh, a dumpster was smelling my friend put on it a small piece of cloth handkerchief and put it on the nose and for me I was not putting it on the nose and he asked me don't you smell this nasty smell I said no and just, I just practice mindfulness of smelling smelling, smelling, smelling not smelling, I don't like it. Not smelling, I like it. Just smelling. And it was amazing that uh, that was uh, my piece of cloth, which is mindfulness, to cover my nose. So I don't need a piece of cloth to cover my nose, but I can cover my nose, so to say, with mindfulness. So this practice also helped me um, a lot when I started meditation, when it came to testing. As a young boy, I used not to like meat because of allergies. And I used to overreact whenever I touch meat, whenever I smell it, whenever I taste it, I would really get sick. So I grew up with this kind of a stronger version towards red meat, all kinds of meat, pork, mutton, beef. Whenever I touched it, I would really feel so intense aversion towards it. And I used to really get sick. But when I started meditating, I started to be aware whenever I touch meat, whenever I see it, Never smell it, just become a touching smell. Even thinking about it. It's amazing how my reaction reduced towards meat. Later on, I will see the importance of the practice of mindfulness of six senses when I started comparing when you get angry with somebody because they say something. And you store that memory. So I found out there's a, a multiplier effect of difficult emotions 
Whenever you think about this person, you get angry. Whenever you see this person, you get angry. Whenever you touch this person, you get angry. Whenever you smell their perfume, you get angry. So you can see how much times, uh, how many times actually, we get agitated by not just becoming our own, just thinking. So you keep on multiplying with other senses if you are not mindful. But if you are mindful, you just so stop at thinking. If somebody uh, annoyed you, or if situation annoyed you, and you're just thinking about that situation, just be aware of thinking. Just thinking. That will help you to even prevent emotions from arising. And also, it's going to help you with dealing with difficult thoughts. As when thoughts arise, you just become aware of thinking, thinking, thinking. Thinking arising, thinking passing away. So then, there's no problem. The problem becomes when you are not mindful. Then you become more agitated. So that's the first way to deal with emotions is even to prevent them from coming. But of course, as events follow their natural course in the world and in our thought process, sometimes even when we don't have enough mindfulness, still some difficult emotions will arise. What do we do? So, the Buddha recommended to practice what we call mindfulness of the presence and the absence of the emotions. This is also a very effective method when emotions or thoughts arise. So, you just make the emotion the subject of your practice. You time this practice like this. Anger is arising. When anger arises, just become aware of anger arising. In a present moment. This is so effective because when you are with anger itself, then you can see for yourself how it is in your mind. How does it affect your body? Hmm? You can see for yourself. But most of the time people don't do this. Whenever emotion comes, let's say fear, anger, whatever emotion, whenever it comes, most people, they don't become aware of the emotion itself. They become aware just of the trigger. They object of anger, let's say the person, the situation, they don't really consider the anger itself or the fear or the worry or the anxiety in the mind. They just leave it there to brood and increase and that becomes a problem. They just go with the object or the trigger of anger or the emotion. But with the, the Buddha instructions, we need to deal with the anger, with the emotion itself as a mind state that is arising in our mind. That's our priority. So we can see for ourselves the next step that we'll take that will help us to be free. Because this can make a difference between being free and being caught up in anger or emotion or thoughts. If we choose to be aware of the anger itself in the mind, 
then we are starting the path to liberation, the path to freedom. But if we start just focusing only on the object and anger and blaming others, then we are on a journey. We are on a side of what I would say bondage, suffering. We start suffering because there's no end to the triggers. It can be situation, it can be weather, it can be IT, it can be people, it can be anything. There's no end to it. Then we will suffer a lot if that's our major focus. But if we really sidestep it out the, the trigger and then we come, you become aware or mindful of the mindset state itself that is arising in our mind, then we can process it easily. And it's easy to work with it, it's become workable. Also, it's very important to really uh, be mindful of the absence of emotions when it, it has been arising. Then also tune in in some moments and say, check in, is it present or is it not present? Because sometimes it can arise in one moment and then it subsides. And when it subsides, try to be aware how the man feels. Maybe now that what you feel is loving kindness. And when we do so, then we can compare those moments when the anger, when anger is present and when anger is absent. And when we say it's absent, how did it happen? Then you say, wow, the practice works. Anger is absent. So this is very, very important because this begins the path to faith and confidence. It, it begins the, the path to gladness and joy when the particular emotions is absent. The next thing that we need to do is to work with the difficult emotions is to develop a proper attitude or the right attitude towards the emotion itself or thoughts. When people are tormented by difficult thoughts and different difficult emotions, there is a tendency to have what we call defense mechanisms. Having a defense mechanism, either self-denial, express the emotion, they can repress it, they can suppress it, they can ignore. For me, I would call that a wrong attitude to adapt when difficult emotion arises. Of course, these defense mechanism, mechanism have their place to, to play in the short run, but if we continue uh, to have this defense mechanism as our default, then we are going to always be agitated. We are going to be, we are always going to be agitated. But if we, we develop what we call a proper attitude, that means we are responding to emotions, we are responding to our thoughts, we are no longer reacting. You see? We actually are responding with understanding of emotions. We are developing letting go generosity, loving kindness and compassion. We are having courage to face the emotion instead of always have self-denial, instead of suppressing them. Because this expression of emotions, okay, it may work in a short run, but in the long run, it doesn't work. Because expressing emotions is actually a form of desire greed. And suppressing and repressing is of course trying to be aversive towards it. And ignoring emotions, again, that makes the matters worse because then you are cultivating ignorance. 
So the key is to read, uh, develop wisdom and understanding and mindfulness to deal with difficult emotions so that you can dissolve emotion. So you can dissolve it using these mental states like mindfulness and understanding. I would look at this analogy now. Let's say if you have a piece of ice, a piece of ice, solid, you actually can do two things to make it melt. You can smash it with a stick and all pieces will go all over. That's not so good because you use a lot of energy. <laughs> but there's a simple way to smash that piece of ice. You can know oh, this this ice formed because it was so cold. The condition around it was so cold in a refrigerator. Let me put it outside so that it's warm. So you don't have to use a lot of effort to smash it. You just put it in the right conditions. You you find it melted. Why? Because you're providing right conditions for it to melt. So the right conditions or attitude to develop when you have difficult emotions and uh, unwholesome thoughts is understanding, is wisdom, so that you dissolve the difficult emotion. With that foundation, then you can go to another way of working with emotion, of course progressively, is to start developing insights. Because now the emotion is present, you are mindful of it, you have a proper attitude, trying to develop what you call insight knowledge into the emotion itself. This means to see the emotions in a lens that the Buddha gave, in terms of its impermanence nature, is it rising, is it staying the same, is it breaking apart, is it both rising and passing away? This is what you call impermanence nature of the emotion or thoughts. Of course, when you look at anger or emotion or thoughts, they're not permanent. But we make them permanent. And some people say, I've been angry for one year. Oh, I've been angry for the whole day. Even one hour, no way. Actually, these mental states and thoughts are rising and passing out all the time. But we don't have it enough wisdom to, to see that, to see the flaw. You see it as one thing, it's just like looking at a waterfall from far. You see as one thing, but when you come close and closer, you can see, oh, it's one drop after one drop. So even emotions, one moment of man, uh, of anger, and then another moment of anger, it's rises and passes. What makes us, I think, more angry, and we think that we've been uh, angry for one hour, is because we remember the memory and we are hanging on the memory. No. We stay with the memory in our mind. And then we think that anger stays for one month, two months, five years. Other people say I've been angry for 20 years. You know. It's impossible. Though there are those moments where you're actually not angry, but you did not stop. So then you know that, okay, this mind stays rising and passing out. So you become aware of the unsatisfactory nature of this mind, the emotion. You become aware of the impersonal nature of 
this emotion. That's what we call in Pali Anicca, impermanence, Dukkha, unsatisfactoriness, Anatta, non self or selfless nature of the emotion. So now, this is very interesting. When emotion is raging in your mind, we can actually recycle it and get nuggets of wisdom. We can get nuggets of wisdom once we really start to tune in into these insights, insight knowledges, then emotion can be turned into fertile soil for wisdom. We can really start to grow in wisdom and become aware of these difficult emotions and thoughts and then become wiser. So that next time we come, you are more aware and you know how to deal with it. In the same step, we need also to know the conditionality of these um, difficult emotional thoughts. How is this emotional uh, arise in the first place? Let's say, for instance, anger. How does it arise? What are the conditions for its arising? The Buddha gave examples, for instance, anger. The condition for the arising of anger is paying anyone's attention to the theme of irritation. Whenever you feel irritation, anger is going to arise. Then the way to remove this emotion is to pay wise attention to the theme of loving kindness, which is the opposite of irritation. And in order to overcome anger forever, you have to gain that level of enlightenment. These are the conditions. Before that, well, be mindful of it. So don't take it too personally that I'm always getting angry. No, just be more mindful next time. Because in order to overcome emotions such as anger and its cousins, it has cousins, you know, like fear, anxiety, and all these kind of things. So you have to attain the third level of enlightenment. When, where, whereby you overcome craving, and then with the, over, with the overcoming of craving, then there's no fear, there's no anger. Now, we go to the, another way that is also very effective, is not clinging on to particular emotions or thoughts that comes. I would say this state as a very, very crucial moment because, as I told you, uh, emotions, they take a big chunk of our life and also we always identify ourselves with emotions and our thoughts more than anything, I think, more than anything. So by not identifying yourself with these emotions, difficult emotions and thoughts, then you are actually letting go. The Buddha talk, talks about in the Sutta, the full foundation, the full foundation of mindfulness. He said, not clinging on to anything in this world. Of course, in this world means in this world of the five aggregates of clinging. We don't identify ourselves by way of I, my, myself. I the Buddha said that when you say or you, you identify yourself with emotion as I, this is I. This is what the Buddha talked about as uh, what he called arrogance. Arrogance. 
this I, this mind, this I, 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 this me, this I. And when you identify yourself with emotion as my mind, it's mine, it's my anger, it's mine. So that's craving. And if you identify yourself with emotion as this myself, that's wrong views. So right there, in arrogance, craving, and wrong views, you are cultivating those negative states of mind. But if you don't cling on to these difficult emotions by becoming aware of not I, not mine, not myself, then you are not cultivating uh, this arrogance and craving and wrong views. So really we need to depersonalize these emotions. Don't take the emotions so personally. Of course by depersonalization I don't talk about the defense mechanism which is called depersonalization. I'm talking about don't cling on to emotions as the Buddha was talking about. Not I, not mine, not myself. These are not words that you have to repeat all the time and you should not repeat any word but once you, you become mindful of emotion then you have a proper attitude then you actually develop insight knowledges uh, that I talked about in terms of impermanence and satisfactoriness and selfless nature of these emotions and thoughts naturally and organically you are going to see for yourself that this just emotion arising in my experience these are thoughts that are arising in my experience there's other methods that you can use also uh, to overcome difficult emotions um, I can give you one uh, a few of them actually in a discourse the Buddha gave it's called Vitaka Santana Sutta the discourse on overcoming obsessive thoughts or destructive thoughts it's very effective especially when you don't have enough mindfulness but of course in this discourse uh, these methods that you, the Buddha gave requires some level of mindfulness without mindfulness you cannot practice any of this uh, teaching really mindfulness has to be on forefront so there's another method that you can use is called replacement so you replace um, the negative emotion or difficult emotion with this opposite so for instance anger what's the opposite of anger loving kindness and compassion so you substitute what's the opposite of greed you substitute it with generosity what's the opposite of fear is actually courage what's the opposite of ignorance wisdom so you keep on substituting wholesome uh, unwholesome states of mind with wholesome states of mind this is like uh, getting, let's say, uh, you have a, a phone that you, let's say, in your body, and you get a prison to get it out. So you get something, and, 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 get, it, and you get this out. Right? So you, in other words, you replace something with something else. You replace an old peg with a new peg. That's very effective. But it, it requires also mindfulness. Another way that you can also do, uh, you can work with difficult emotions, is called reflection method. You reflect on the stress, the suffering nature of that particular experience. Right? So when anger rises, you just 
reflect, oh, this anger that is rising is leading to danger, it leading to defilement, it's leading to this, what you call degradation, it lowers my status. Right? When we do this kind of reflection, actually we'll have a gentle break on this thought process. Right? We will not think in the same way we've been thinking. This is analogous to uh, driving a car and the overspeeding and all of a sudden you see a, 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 a traffic police hmm? uh, just waiting for you over there to give you a ticket, let's say $50 in the United States. When you are driving, overspeeding, and all of a sudden you see the police, ah, you start reflecting, oh, I'm going to get a ticket. So you actually stop from acceleration. Hmm? You don't put your foot on the gas pedal. You reduce the speed. So the same thing when you are caught up in emotion and you reflect that this emotion is going to lead to suffering, you actually stop accelerating. And that also is very helpful. You reflecting about the danger of these thoughts, the stress of these thoughts, the defilement, that the more you think about these thoughts, the more you have this emotion, the more other emotions come stronger. And also, you can reflect the, what we call degradation, that okay, whenever I get uh, uh, these difficult emotions, I'm lowered in the status. That means the people around you, they will take you as uh, in a low-grade manner, right? They will not think of you as a person which is uh, friendly and all this kind of thing. Yet there's another method which is called uh, uh, redirection methods, which I found out also to be very effective. In this case, when anger rises, when a difficult emotion comes, you redirect your mind from what's unwholesome to what's neutral or what's wholesome. Let's say when I'm caught up in a difficult emotion such as anger, and then I would redirect my mind to the brain. And become aware of breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, and breathing out. And then the difficult emotion will lose grip from my thought process and then I relax. Sometimes I come back to the body and just become aware of the body. And then once the emotion subsides, we can continue. This is also similar to many times when you are talking to somebody and somebody interrupts you and say, Hey, can I talk to you for a moment? I said, no, 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 wait, I'm very busy. But the moment you give in and say, okay, I'll talk to you, and then you start talking to this person. By the time you come back to this person, you forget even where you are. You lose the, the story, the thread, and then you even ask, what, by the way, what were you talking about? So the same thing when you have a difficult emotion, you can do that. You can actually temporarily leave the difficult emotion, and then uh, turn your mind to something awesome or neutral, and it's amazing how the thoughts and emotions lose grip and if they are no longer strong on your thought process. Another method also that I found it to be very helpful is more retracing, trying to go to the root, the springboard. Where these thoughts come from? Is it uh, because of ABC? Let's say when I have fear, I ask myself, what's the nourishing root for this fear? Is it because of uh, 
aversion towards something. And where this aversion come from? Maybe it's because of my desire to have things in a certain way. So by actually tracing, it's, uh, it's very helpful once you find out the cause, then you can deal with the cause. And finally, you can actually make a strong resolve so that emotions don't come and does not become your master and you become a slave to these difficult emotions. So you really make a resolve Every day you wake up, I'm not going to be uh, uh, angry, I'm not going to have desire, fear, and all these things. Of course, uh, as you set up a stage for the day, anger and fear and, and difficult emotion will come, but you will be more aware of it. As the saying goes, mindfulness is not difficult to practice, but what's difficult is remember to be mindful. So, by setting up a state every day and, uh, and uh, make a determination, part of what we call it aditana, make a strong resolve not to be angry, not to um, have a certain emotion, it is like really making that determination and when maybe through the, throughout the day, you, you'll be more vigilant and, and uh, uh, you be more careful not to really get tormented with these emotions. And also if the, the emotion comes, you are going to remember, ah, in the morning I made a determination not to have fear. In the morning I made a determination not to have anger. So then you will be more mindful because you are remembering. And that's what mindfulness does. It helps you to remember. Right? So we have gone through a lot of ways how to act with difficult emotions and uh, I wish you the best on how to deal with it or how to work with difficult emotions and thoughts and I wish you the best in this retreat. Thank you very much. I offer this for your reflection.